were tootling up, got down the bay with We're having live stream difficulties here. It won't it won't load up for some reason. It's all right. It, I mean, it's it's only a few minutes. We will be all right here. I just want to make sure that those who are tuning in on live stream have the opportunity to hear it.
thankful that you call us brethren, that you sent your son into the world to uh, forgive us of our sins and that we might be heirs together with thee. Lord, we pray that you would be with us tonight, each and every one of us, that we would endeavor to keep the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace as we uh, go over these scriptural accounts that your son has given unto us under the words that Jesus Christ has spoken. I pray that we would all be edified, encouraged, and built up in our most most holy faith during this time. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen. 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 Okay, we're going to be primarily in John chapter, or Matthew, Matthew chapters 24, 25, and 26. We're majoring on uh, chapter 25. And there's a thought here that's presented. You know, uh, the way that the scriptures speak, there's, uh, there's like trains of thought. There's like veins of thought. Um, and the vein of thought in these, in these accounts speaks heavily to preparation. It speaks heavily to profitability. It speaks heavily to readiness. There's a, there's a tone that's, that's, in these, uh, that's in this account that Jesus is speaking. Uh, and he begins it in chapter 24, verse 1. It says, And Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, See ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, There shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? And what shall be of the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? Now we'll notice that his answer, that Jesus launches at, from this point into a very thorough answer to this question. And it spans throughout chapter 24, all the way through chapter 25. And it, it actually ends when it says, and it came to pass in chapter 26, verse 1, and it came to pass when Jesus had finished all these sayings. That's, these are the sayings that, that Jesus has spoken in, these, in this record. And I was thinking about uh, how it's God's manner to prepare. There's this preparation that's in salvation. And I was thinking about, uh, as I was thinking about this, I was thinking about how our lives just in this world testify to like a preparation everything that we do like a person prepares for a job interview they, they prepare for that job interview so that they might get the job there's preparation that comes into it before they get that job or somebody prepares before they go to a formal ceremony or like to a wedding there's a preparation to honor the, the who the, the ceremony's for or like our meals our meals are prepared in advance. We don't just eat the raw thing off of the plant. A lot of times, even salads are prepared. There's a, there's a preparation that goes into the things that we eat. Um, a doctor prepares for surgery. He's got a, there has to be a preparation involved beforehand uh, that it might be a successful surgery and without complications. Or a soldier prepares for war. No, it's, it would be a foolish thing to enter into the battle unprepared. 
there's a preparation. And these are just things in everyday life that, that we prepare, that there's a preparation for. A gardener prepares the ground for a garden so that he could have a proper and a full harvest. And even the garden, once it grows, the, that garden has to be prepared. It has to be watered. It has to ha have nourishment from the sunlight. It, the harvest isn't ready when it's planted. There, there's a preparation before the harvest can even be cultivated. And then a contractor, he prepares the ground for the foundation of a building. Why? So that the building won't fall over, so the building won't sink. See, there's a there's a preparation in building. And you might observe in most of these cases that the, the uh, stage of preparation is the most difficult and the most thorough and the mm -hmm. most critical. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. A student prepares for an examination or a test. There's, there's, a, there's a certain amount of study that goes into uh, somebody who's, who's trying to uh, gain a diploma or uh, some sort of academic degree. An athlete prepares for a game or for a race. There's a, there's a why? So that they could win the race. There's a preparation that must happen first before they can win that race. Uh, homeowners prepare for disasters. Right? They, might, they might purchase something for their property that will protect them from a flood or uh, protect them from a tornado. They might reinforce the walls. There's a preparation that happens so that they could save their property and save their lives. Uh, their people are preparing all the time for retirement, for things that they're going to need sustenance in the future that they're not going to be able to provide because maybe it's because of their age or opportunity. And so there's a preparation that goes in. So from the very beginning of life and to the end of a person's life, we're constantly preparing. So that in and of itself, it testifies to what God's doing. And see, God prepares as well. That all of the sacrifices in the scripture had to be prepared. Numbers 15.8 says that they were preparing a young bull as for a burnt offering. There was a certain preparation. Uh, in the Levitical law, Leviticus 1.3, all throughout Scripture in the Old Covenant, there were extensive preparations that had to be made to the sacrifice before the sacrifice was acceptable to God. There's, uh, a, there's an even big, bigger aspect of this, right? Because the Lord prepared the earth and everything yep. in it. As soon as he made it, he was preparing a people. He yes. Was preparing the way. Yes. You know, for uh, the gospel message. Yes. With the prophets and, and everything, it's just one. Well, God is doing one huge preparation. Yeah. To bring, his, bring his children back to him. He said, "Yeah, the body thou hast prepared." Yes. And so everything that you can, everything in the in the scriptures um, is a part. Of Preparation. That's right. That's right. Amen. The day before the Sabbath was referred to as the preparation. Mm -hmm. that, that was the, na the name of the, the day before the Sabbath, Mark 15, 42. Solomon said the preparations of the heart in men and the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. Mm -hmm. He said that, Proverbs 16, 1. 
The day of the Lord is also referred to in the prophets in Nahum 2.3 as the day of his preparation. They, that, that's, that's in the prophets. Um, Ezekiel, another prophet, spoke about preparation for the people to be prepared and to be on guard for, from their enemies, Ezekiel 38.7. And it's written that David prepared abundantly before his death. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, uh, the apostles... They taught preparation. Be ready to give an answer for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. See, that's there's a preparation behind that. Study to show thyself approved. That's in 2 Timothy 2.15. That's a preparation. To have our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And Brother Marty uh, talked about how the gospel was prepared. John the Baptist was sent to prepare the way of the Lord. So God is preparing. He's a God of preparation. He's he's preparing a people for himself. This is why your labor of love isn't in vain. Anything that we do for the Lord, whether whether we eat or whether we drink or whatever we do, do it heartily as unto the Lord and not as unto men. There's a preparation in that. It's not just a vain exercise. We're not being saved just for for the sake of being saved. There's a purpose behind whatever God's doing. Uh, John 17, verse 15. He said, I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world. If there, if there wasn't a purpose and there wasn't a, if, if we didn't have to be prepared, if, if, at the, if the point was the moment of conversion, then they would, God would have just taken us out of the world. But see, he's left us in the world, and he said, Jesus said, I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. Mm-hmm. See, there was, a, there was a work. There's a work that has to be done. God is working in you mm-hmm. to will and do of his good pleasure. It says things like, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. <coughs> he that begun a good work in you will finish it into the day of Jesus Christ. So... There's a there's a constant there's a preparation in salvation, and that's like there's a there's an overriding emphasis of that preparation in this account that we're going to be talking about. Now I, I also noticed that there's a tendency of uh, men to have like sporadic thoughts, like their thinking is kind of like all over the place when they talk sometimes. Sometimes when somebody gets up and they give a speech, yeah. they'll, they'll start talking about this and they'll change gears and then they'll change gears. Mm-hmm. Jesus didn't really speak like that. When Jesus spoke, it was all one like linear thought. Whenever he gave an account of something, whenever he answered somebody, it, everything was interrelated, especially when he spoke about the kingdom of God. Because the kingdom of God is so large that it can't be contained in just one similitude. The kingdom of God is like ten virgins, but it's also like a field in which was hidden a pearl of great price. Mm-hmm. See, not each account wasn't able to fully contain mm-hmm. the yes. kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't changing gears and talking about virgins and fields. He was talking about the kingdom of God. It's all interrelated. It's just different aspects of that, different um, different points. Now, we live in a generation where you, know, you, you watch the television, and here comes a commercial, and it 
kind of interrupts that thought, and then here comes another commercial, and it interrupts that thought. And so there's a tendency for people to, uh, when they read the scripture, their men want to kind of interject that kind of thinking into the scripture, but that's that's never proper to do that. Amen. Can you give me some examples? Okay, so what we're talking about the interjecting, as far as men interjecting thoughts into the scriptures. Okay, so if you take Okay, it says, chapter 25, verses 29, For every, unto everyone that hath shall be given, and he shall have abundance. But from him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he hath. And cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. He just, he just finished giving the count of the, the talents, of the, the parable of the talents. And then it says, when the Son of Man shall come in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory. And before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divideth his sheep from his goats. So it's the tendency, it would be a tendency of a person to think that now Jesus is done talking about the person with the talents, and that's completely separate from this new thought that he's bringing about people on his right hand and people on his left hand mm. it, that it's that it's somehow it's he's talking about something completely unrelated mm -hmm. is what i mean when really the, this account is directly connected to the account that he spoke of beforehand and the account that he spoke before that and the account that he spoke before that because it's all dealing with the kingdom of god i wanted to share an observation yeah. because mm -hmm. it's a personal it's a personal observation but a number of years ago, I, I, was at a, uh, I was attending a really big, popular church, and the mm -hmm. preacher is what I would call the contemporary church preacher. Mm -hmm. Very little scripture, mm -hmm. but lots of anecdotes and applications <laughs> to the way we live yeah. and the things around us. Mm -hmm. um, I can sit here now and say that was a very worldly approach, but, mm -hmm. but here's the point I wanted to make. Um, because it came to me this Sunday. Um, so back then in those years, that preacher would have told a story about the Super Bowl in his, in his sermon. Mm -hmm. There would have been a mention of the Super Bowl. Been there, yeah. And see, I'm from England. I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, what is he talking about? <laughs> what, I don't even know oh, what yeah. shape this ball is. Yet all of a sudden, the whole assembly knows what he's talking about. Yeah. And do you know what came into my mind? You know what I thought? I thought, well, I better start learning about football so I can talk, so I can understand what he's saying. Now, you see the danger in this? Yeah. Because this is what happens yeah. in a lot of modern preaching. And it goes to what you were saying, Brother Houston, yeah. about men introducing things into a, a scriptural account, really. Um, if he'd spoken verses from the Bible for 30 minutes, I would have been a lot more mm -hmm. happier than listening to anecdotes about the Super Bowl and the last time he went shopping at Walmart. Yeah. 
Mm -hmm. Right, and a lot of it has to do with taking yeah. what's written out of context and applying it towards a, a, theolo a theological point of, or a position, a doctrine of men, taking that part of the scripture out of context, that, that, and that's definitely and, and part that's of it. that's what we have to be careful about. Yes. Men. Yes. Yeah. Well, you can judge it by its conclusion. Right. You could see the wrongness of it because of, of the fruit that it bore. Yeah. Yeah. At the time, you might have been confused, but you couldn't really identify it until you found out that was that's what it led you to. Yeah, yeah. And it, it can be very subtle. You know, you don't really know when it's happening, but see, I can look back now and see what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. We pray for wisdom. And if you, if you make yourself conversant with Scripture, you're prepared. You're prepared, yeah. To, to evaluate things more readily as they come to you. That none of Scripture is going to fight against any of the rest of Scripture. And it's Amen. also timeless. That the, the Scriptures that were available to, um, to the Jews at the time of their writing contain the same truth that they do now. Now, they weren't able to apprehend it because they didn't have all the wherewithal, but the truth of it hasn't changed. Amen. Amen. He's talking here, just to give you kind of an overview of what he's launching into here. He gives from chapter 24 and verse 7, he's, he starts a word on endurance. He's given a word on endurance for, for preparation. Nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. You shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. They'll deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you. He, Jesus tells us what's going to happen beforehand so that when it happens, we'll recognize That's it. Right. Mm -hmm. There's a, he's preparing us mm -hmm. to endure. So this is a, it's a word, it's a preparation word. Yeah. It's a word on endurance. And then it goes down to... Uh, and we know that because it says in 20, chapter 24, verse 13, he that shall endure unto the end, right. the same shall be saved. That's a conclusion to that aspect of what he's talking about. And then down in 25, he said, behold, I have told you before. But he wants them to know, look, I told you this before time so that you'll understand these things. And from verse 25 all the way through verses, well, Essentially, until the end of that chapter, he's, he's, he's giving this word of the things that are going to happen, that are going to come to pass. Two women shall be grinding at the mill. The one shall be taken and the other one shall be left. There's going to be, even though people are on this earth doing the same job in the same places, they're actually going to two different places. One of them is being prepared to continue in the work of the Lord. And the other one's work's going to be cut off. See, there's a preparation here. Then in chapter 5, verse 1, it starts a word on readiness, being ready. And it, it, the thoughts in chapter 24 going into the verse, chapter 25, is going, it's, he's starting to talk about this readiness to be ready for the coming of the Lord. So this is it's a word on preparation, but it's a word of readiness. We need to be ready for the Lord's coming. And then down in verse 14, he starts talking about profitability, being profitable for God, entering into the things that he's given you. 
and see, but it's a word on preparation. Mm -hmm. And it's interconnected to the last word that he spoke on readiness. It's still about preparation. And he talks about that all the way up until verse 31 when he talks about his coming. Mm -hmm. And what's going to be the conclusion to all these matters? What's going to be the conclusion of the one that entered into the things that he was given? What's going to be the conclusion to the one that was ready, mm -hmm. that had oil on their vessel? What's going to be the conclusion to the one that endured into the end? What's going to be the conclusion for the ones that watched and were sober and, were, and, and, and had set their sights on these things? And What's going to be the conclusion to that? And that's the end of it. And it all has to do with a preparation. And then he ends it. In chapter 26, and it came to pass when Jesus had finished all these things, he said unto his disciples, Ye know that after two days is the feast of the Passover, and the Son of Man is betrayed to be crucified. See, Jesus himself was committed to work. His Father gave him to lay down his life and to take it up again. Mm -hmm. So he himself was being prepared. Christ himself was being prepared. Yeah. Um, I don't imagine that this is a unique experience, but I can remember distinctly whenever I would read through the scripture and someone would ask something or say something that Jesus responded to, and I would look at that and go, how, how does that answer fit the question? Or why would he say that to this? Uh, and it's because I I didn't have enough of the scripture to be able to follow along. But these things here, I think you made a really good point whenever you made a connection in these chapters that there was a flow to it that was a continuing thought and it built upon the thing preceding it. And we've got to learn to read scripture that way and, and not have the, I have never watched MTV, M, what is it, MTV. But, um, but it, I've heard people use that as an example of this, you know, throw this thought, and and just throw take that. the scripture out of the air and, but just, and say it but means this, but you take it out of context. It up, you know, if, if we chop it up, we need to fellowship with the truth as we go through these things. And if we, if we would consider it the way those that were hearing it would consider it, yes. then we would be more apt to not make those unnatural divisions yes, that's in right. the thought. Now, there, there still is merit in, in giving a word in season, and it, it's, it's not wrong to take a verse out of the scripture and apply it to something that, in no. context. No, but to hear it. Yes. In context. Well, yeah, every, everybody does. I mean, the yeah. apostles and even Jesus, they'd reach back in the old scripture and they'd bring something forward yeah. and make an application to what was going on. Again, because the scripture is the word, not yes. the words. It's the truth, not the truths. And so there are connections that can be made. And when you have this, this overall uh, view it helps you to put the pieces in the right places and see it as a whole while understanding the particulars. Mm -hmm. So they both have a place and they work together. 
Amen. So I want to go on to this. Chapter 25 is where I really want to concentrate on this word of readiness. This, this word of readiness and being prepared, being ready. What does it mean to be ready? Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins. This is the aspect of the kingdom of God that Jesus is putting out for our consideration. Shall be likened unto ten virgins which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. So they, they all had a good beginning. They were all virgins. They were all <coughs> virgins in the fact that they were unspotted from the world. They all went forward to meet the bridegroom. They were all on the same road. They were all on the same destination. They were all going to see the same God. And five of them were wise. And five of them were foolish. That was the line of demarcation between the two. Five of them were wise. Five of them were foolish. And they that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. So that, that was another difference between the two. That was, what, that was what made the five wise wise, mm -hmm. and that's what made the five foolish foolish, mm -hmm. is that some had oil and some didn't have oil. Some were filled up with something. Mm -hmm. Some had a filling of something, and some didn't <coughs> quite have the filling of of something. They prepared. The preparation, <laughs> yes. But the wise took oils in their vessels with their lamps. I was thinking about it it does no good to empty yourself. See these people had emptied themselves. They had forsaken the world. They forsaken the things of the world. They're following after Christ. They had emptied themselves, but only a certain number of them actually obtained something additional that the other ones didn't obtain. You know, we look at this from our perspective and it's good because it's instructing us about uh, what we should be. But mm -hmm. also, I see the wisdom of God in this. Mm -hmm. They all looked the same yes. from, from the outward appearance. Mm -hmm. But what revealed what they really were was, was uh, during the occasion whenever some were found prepared and some were not. Other than that, we, no one, nobody would have looked at the group and said, some of these are wise and some of these are foolish. But afterwards, they, it was revealed. Jesus said this, he said, when, it, when the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places seeking rest and finding none. Mm -hmm. Then he saith, I will return into the house from whence I came out. And when he is come, he findeth it empty, swept, and garnished, mm -hmm. not filled with anything. Then he goes and takes with him himself seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter in and dwell there, and the last state of that man is worse than the first. Mm -hmm. Kind of chilling. Yeah. Be why? Because they weren't filled mm -hmm. with something like the other ones were. Mm -hmm. So that's Matthew chapter 12, verses 43 and 45. Jesus said, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, not treasures on the earth. There, there, there's, an, there's an obtaining here to be had. And while the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. They all, they all, they all had a physical sleep. They all had to go through the same things on earth together. They all had jobs. They all had family. They all had houses. They all had careers 
they, 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 they all, they all slept, slumbered and slept. And at, and at midnight. Oh, brother Jim, uh, Jim. Yes. So, um, so this is a figure of Christ, the bridegroom. Mm -hmm. uh, and the, the message, you know, this particular verse right here is, um, Christ has not come yet. We know he's coming. Mm -hmm. We don't know when, but he's tarrying. Yes. Mm -hmm. And beware of falling asleep. This is this, this is the challenge here. Yes. And these, um, yeah, these virgins, they they were. Well, they all they all did sleep. On the slumber. Yeah. 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 Focus is not on the sleeping. It's yeah. On having the oil. That's, yeah, that's right. Being prepared. Yeah. So that's right. You are, when the bridegroom arrives, yeah. you can awaken and light your lamp. Yes. Yeah. Don't, don't slumber and be unprepared. Amen. Yeah, I think that, that's that, true. Yeah, it's true. Of the end, whenever uh, Christ returns, now I don't know the the time frame because it's not spelled out, and I think that in that time things might move along more quickly than <laughs> than what we're accustomed to them moving yeah. along. But we do know that that there are those that are going to say, "This is our God. We have waited for Him." And the wicked are going to cry for the rocks and the mountains to cover them from the wrath of, of the Lamb. Mm -hmm. And that the heavens and the earth are going to pass away with a fervent noise, and, and or great noise and fervent heat. There, there are things that are going to happen. Every eye shall see him. Yep. You know, so, you know, I, you have to be smarter than I am to put all that together. I just know that the scripture say those things, which gives me to think that even though it might be very, very quick, it'd be enough for us to recognize what's going on. Yeah. All right, so now I liken that to this also, where all of a sudden, whenever they, you know, it speaks of that the, the second coming is going to be as in the days of Noah. They were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage, and they gave no thought to it until the destruction was come upon them. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so yes, it'll, it'll be the same way. In fact, he said it's going to be as it was in the days of Noah. But um, we want to, this oil is going to make the difference in who we are and what we are. And, you know, Jesus is going to recognize his own whenever he comes again. Amen. And it's, some people are going to look one way if you view them just from the earth, if we view ourselves mm -hmm. as just from the earth. I've heard so many people say, well, I'm a, I'm a very good person. Mm -hmm. And the implication of that is, I'm too good for God to send to hell. Because mm -hmm. I'm a good person. Yeah. And God, God wouldn't send me to hell. And then they'll start rehearsing some of their good works. Well, we have we have the parable Jesus told about the sheep and the goats too, and wonderful works. And Jesus didn't say you didn't do any wonderful works. He said, "I never knew you." Yeah, that was right. the condemnation. That's right. And so the oil, a lot of times it, it's um, people think of the spirit. Well, yeah, he if he that has not the spirit of God doesn't have God either. That's right. So That's right. if if we just look good and we allow ourselves to to neglect so great salvation, to drift away from the things that the 
to God that we love, well then we're going to be found wanting in that day and there's going to be no nowhere to get what we need at that point. And I, this is just, you know, imagination. Mm-hmm. But it's like, put yourself in that place where you recognize, okay, it is happening now. Everything we've heard about, it's happening now. Yeah. All right? And then your neighbor, who never wanted to he- even hear you say the name, runs over and goes, Tell me about Jesus. Tell me about Jesus. And you're going, don't bother me now. He's coming. I can't do it. i got to be ready. That's right. And, and so it's, it's kind of that situation. Yeah. They, they come and say, behold, the bridegroom coming. Yes. It's like, okay, it's happening now. It says, let's have some of your oil. <laughs> I'm going to have to use all I got. You're on your own. Don't mean it's not a heartless thing. It's just... It's survival. Now, one thing I want to point out, though, and what you just said there, is you referenced, for as in the days of Noah, they were eating and drinking. That's the chapter directly before this. Mm -hmm. And you referenced chapter 25, for I was hungry and you gave me no meat, I was thirsty and gave me no drink. The works that they said that they did that were good, that Jesus confronts he, cr- mm-hmm. he confronts that and shows them for what they really are That's see right. that see how this is all one big interconnected thought right. that this isn't estranged from the chapter before it of what he's talking about the same that shall endure unto the end the, that he that shall endure unto the end the same shall be saved mm-hmm. while the bridegroom tarry yeah. they all slumbered at sea there's an endurance that, that's required there. How about this? Romans 13, 11. And now, and that, knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. Amen. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believe. Right. Amen. Amen. And it could be, it could, it could be today, or and it could be ten years from now. Mm-hmm. It could we be before we close the meeting. That's right. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's right. Brother Justin? Yes. In uh, you notice that verse. 11, they say, Lord, Lord, open to us. Yeah. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Yeah. And so the difference between whether they were wise or foolish is whether they actually knew the Lord. That's yes. Right. That's right. And there's a Amen. passage that explains a little bit in Matthew chapter 7. When, uh, Amen. Verse 21 and 22 and 23. Not everyone that says, <coughs> Lord, Lord, Shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. Yes, Amen. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? Yeah. And then will I profess unto them, I never do yes. depart from me, ye that work iniquity. And then he tells the parable of the the wise man building his house on the rock, and the foolish man building his house on the sand. So the, yes. again the the wise and the foolish were the ones who knew the Lord yes. are wise, the ones who don't are foolish. Amen. So that kind of tells you right there what that oil is. And that that oil from, isn't works of righteousness that we've done. No. From our perspective, we can't see into people's hearts and know that we might guess at it, yeah. but we don't really know. God is the one who knows. And so from our perspective, we would say, well, there's ten virgins there. 
can't really tell them apart, but God can sort them all out. And you would you would say, well, see, they're doing all these good things, and maybe they're maybe they're okay. But God is the one who makes that distinction, and He's the one that sorts it all out and chooses whether the wise are foolish. Amen. So it, it, I think that the oil represents the Holy Spirit, whether they truly are born again or not. Amen. Amen. Now, in the chapter right before it, Matthew chapter 24, towards the end of it, in verse 48, chapter 24, verse 48. But, and if that evil servant shall say in his heart, My Lord delayeth his coming, and shall begin to smite his fellow servants, and to eat and drink with the drunken, the Lord of that servant shall come in a day when he looketh not for him, and in an hour that he is not aware of, and shall cut him asunder, and shall appoint him his portion with the hypocrites, with the pretenders. So if a person's a pretender, God, it's going to be fixed, it's going to be found out. A person can't continue to be a pretender forever. There's an entering in that comes into serving the Lord. There's an entering into it, and all pretenders would be cut off. But I just wanted to point this out: that this servant said, "My Lord delays his coming." And here in the parable of the virgins, the foolish one said that he doesn't delay his coming. They thought he was coming right away. Why do we need to carry more oil? He's coming tomorrow. He's coming right now. You see how there's, it's, it, it could be today, but it could be 10 years from now. Do you have enough to endure for 10 years on this earth? See, there's, we have to be ready. We've got to live our lives to where we'll be ready today. We have to live our lives to where we'd be ready through persecution. You know, it says in the book of Jeremiah, I think, it says, if you've run with the footmen and they've wearied you, how will you contend with horses? And if you've fallen down in a land of peace, how will you do in the thicket of the Jordan when things get... So, if small little trials and stuff blow you around, how are you going to do when the persecution gets worse? Are you, are you going to be able to endure through that? See, there, there's a preparation that's involved in these things. And this is what Jesus is speaking to. Justin, yes. In the place you were just speaking, in Matthew 24, in uh, verse 48, he said, My Lord, delayeth is coming. And in Matthew 25... Yep. Verse 5 says the bridegroom tarried. Yep. So the both have the same, uh, same aspects. Yes. Involved. Yep. Well, the Lord hasn't returned yet, so what? that's why you persevere. So you don't end up being like that evil servant or the foolish virgins. Yes. Good. Watch and be ready. And at midnight, a cry was made. You know, that, that's at a time you would think not. Jesus comes, I come at a time that you think not. Mm-hmm. See, the, the thief comes at midnight, or in the, in the night. Why does the thief come in the night? Because you're sleeping, you're not aware, you're not watching your house. He come, he's going to come at a time that you think not. At midnight, there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh! Go ye out to meet him. That was the time to go meet him. That was the time. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. Now the, the act of trimming the lamp 
they would take this lamp, they would take the thing off of it, they'd bring the wick up, and they would cut the wick at like a 45 degree angle. Because it, as those oil lamps would burn, that wick would get kind of mucked up at the top of it, and it wouldn't burn as bright, and it wouldn't burn. So what they did is they trimmed their lamps, they cut it at that angle, and they turned it up to where it got real bright. So. <laughs> just a These lamps were little play things. Yeah. And, but it, it, it had a little spout that the wick went down into. And you're right, they did have to trim that. They, they had to trim it. But they didn't have any more oil to pour into it. Mm-hmm. So, but they didn't have glass and well, <laughs> twist wicks. Either way, either way, when the the point is this: when they trim, when they trim the lamp, it demanded more oil. It demanded oil when they trim the wick. Right, and so that all the virgins arose and trimmed their wicks, and the foolish said unto the wise, "Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out." Uh It was too much, and so see when the when the Lord comes back. It's gonna demand a whole it's gonna demand a whole lot. It's gonna reveal how much oil you got. Mm-hmm. It's gonna reveal it. Which is why you're not gonna have extra for anyone else. <laughs> yeah. That's right. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, and that here they are proving themselves again to be wise. The wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there Lest there be not enough for us and for you, but go ye rather to them that sell and buy for buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, see it wasn't time to leave. The call was go meet the bridegroom. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in. Amen. They that were ready went in. With him to the marriage, and the door was shut. We're being prepared for a marriage. <laughs> there's there's a lot of preparation that goes into a marriage, mm-hmm. but that's we're being prepared to marry Christ. We're the bride of Christ. It's a lot of, and he's not going to marry a, a spotted bride. Mm-hmm. He's going to marry a is a glorious church without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. And afterward came also the other virgins. But see, that's too late. These declared things like, whoever's clean, let him be clean still. Who's ever filthy, let him be filthy still. When that time comes, 